Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to our groundbreaking short series, The Maternity and Paternity Stories of Fintech. We aim to tell the real journeys the men and women of fintech have embarked on when starting or further growing their families. Today in the world of fintech, more and more companies are realising how important a people-first attitude is, and this is a previously unexplored avenue of that. We're here to learn how we can better support our people and share great ideas. So, welcome Jason Trost. Thank you very much for having me. Hello. Um, so Jason is the CEO of Smarkets, one of the world's largest betting exchanges. Um, as a trading platform, Smarkets simplifies peer-to-peer betting on hundreds of markets daily, and it has a mission to provide the lowest commission and therefore the fairest odds in the world. So Jason, that's a big intro. Why don't you tell us about you and Smarkets and the role that you play? Yeah, of course. So I founded Smarkets 12 years ago in my uh, in my sitting room in Kentish Town. I'm American, but I moved over to London to start this business. Um, I got into it because I used to be a trader and I studied computer science and I came across this website that would let you trade the presidential election. And I thought that was such an amazing concept that you can you could buy and sell the outcome of, of an event. And I, I was and still am a political junkie. But even though I was a professional trader, uh, I couldn't understand how it worked and thought it could be done better. So that, that's what kind of got me into the world of sports betting in a, in a securitist way. Um, so very, very shocked that I ended up in sports betting and, and event trading, as it were. But uh, here we are. Here you are. And, and what about your role as CEO? I bet it encompasses quite a lot. Yeah, I wear many hats. I mean, I'm most passionate about the product. So I spend a lot of time working with the engineers myself about do this feature, do that feature, fix this bug, those kinds of things. Um, But, you know, I wear many hats. I talk to the press. I do podcasts sometimes. Um, I interview people, you know, kind of everything that you need to do to to run a company. Um, One of the one of the fortunate things, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of downsides to being a founder, but one of the things that I love is that I've been able to learn how a complete business works because I've literally had to do every job in the company, oh. uh, literally every job. And, and it's, it's really kind of a, a fascinating journey to be able to touch everything in the business. Um, so you kind of get a complete picture. So I, I do, I, in general, I do, you know, I have done everything, but I, I spend most time on the uh, the product. Yeah. And I think that that really shows, you know, when I first spoke with you, like having been the person that came up with the idea 12, 12 years ago and, and now your role today, it's changed a lot over time. But one thing I know that you've always focused on is, is, is having this family friendly feel. And I think it is something that really defines who you guys are. So I wondered if you could share where that came from. Yeah. I mean, to start with, I think, uh, I had three jobs before um, before I started Smarkets and, and the quote unquote realist one, I used to work at UBS oh. and a lot of my feelings about how to set up a workplace environment came from UBS in the sense that um, I was an engineer at UBS and I was considered a second class citizen in banks. Um, I'm sure it's still the case, uh, but maybe it's changed a little bit. Uh, engineers are considered second class citizens uh, compared to traders. And I really thought that it's important to create an environment where ambitious, smart, 
opinionated people can get involved because I had all these opinions at UBS that, you know, I wanted to do this or that, but because of the way they, the system was set up, it kind of kept me in this small little box. And I, I said to myself, if I were ever in charge of something, I want to make sure I want to create an environment where people can flourish. And I think a lot of my thinking came from my experience at, at UBS. Um, also, you know, I've, I've worked at other as, as a software engineer in other places. And in general, I, I, I found a lot, you know, uh, software engineers are often dismissed. And so that kind of created the kernel of like really caring about culture, uh, you know, more than I think most other startups even did. And, uh, and that was the, the, the jumping off point to really paying more attention to culture than I think a lot of people do. And then I would say, um, if I were uh, a little bit self-critical, I think the family-friendly stuff came later. And I think that's, that's amazing that you've given us a bit of that, that sort of reality. Um, that you know you were 26 and and actually as you changed and and as you as you kind of moved moved through your life you were able to uh, embrace that within the business as well um could you tell us a bit more about your paternity experience yeah so i i became a father three years ago and um yeah we (laughs) <laughs> it's it's such a simple question but it's like how do you know where to start it's been <laughs> yeah. such a a life-changing game-changing perspective changing experience I mean um, it's hard not to talk about it without using cliches and then once you're a parent you realize how you know how true the cliches are um, but it's been such a like it's full of ups full of downs um, but overall I'm so happy that I went through it I have two children now I have um, a one and a half year old and a two and a half year old and it's uh it's it's been uh it's been a very um rewarding but also challenging experience and um you know it, it has definitely changed how i view a work life balance um i think that uh when you have children you have no concept of free time really mm-hmm. i didn't realize i you know i kind of joke about it but it, i think it's true i never realized how much free time i had until i had one kid and then I never realized how much free time I had until I had two kids. So, you know, two kids is exponentially worse than one kid, which is exponentially worse than <laughs> <no> kids. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, there might be some arbitrage as to the age, age differences as, as when that kicks in. But uh, two mm-hmm. kids that are one and two have completely different needs and just, you know, need constant attention. You know, they're constantly trying to do dangerous things to, to their person, uh, whether it's jump on chairs or play with scissors or touch hot things or play with the oven or, and, uh, you know, I've, I've really developed my parent radar, but it, what, you know, because I'm a computer software engineer, I kind of think often in computer terms, but, you know, when your laptop's running and, the, you know, some, programs running in the background and your fan starts whirling because you know like vlc is eating up the cpu of your of your computer or something that's what children are like you know your your fan is constantly running hot because you have to have this program running in the background to make sure that they're they're safe and uh and um and being taken care of but uh but yeah I don't know if that was the answer. Oh, I think that's the perfect answer because it's, it, do you know how many people will find you so relatable just by hearing that? Um, yeah. and, and I think it's great that you've been able to build, build your company around that way of thinking as well. So I wanted to ask you, that you're, you're, you guys are quite unique within, within FinTech in terms of how much support you give. What do you think the world of work should really ideally be offering to their staff? Um, uh, who are who are family friendly? 
Yeah, in preparation for this podcast, I was I was thinking about that answer. Like, I think I fall on the side that I think government needs to do more to guarantee these things. I kind of think that it's not really the company's role in society to ensure that people have uh, the social net that they need. And I think obviously childcare is such an expensive, time-consuming process that I don't think it should just benefit you know, companies that are financially successful who are able to provide these great benefits. So like we do it because, you know, it's certainly a perk that we offer. Like it's a way for us to differentiate ourselves from other companies. So, you know, from that perspective, there's, um, there's a competitive reason we do it. Um, I also do it because I think it's the right thing to do, but the, but the, the, the benefits that we offer, I think the, the government should make sure that uh, the government should be guaranteeing these, these rights across the country in the U S and I mean, the, the UK is miles ahead of, uh, of the U.S., uh, the U.S. basically has no guaranteed uh, paternity and maternity leave, and it's it's really shambolic the the policies that we have in America. Mm. Um, U.K. is pretty good, but like compared to Sweden, it's pretty poor actually. Mm. Um, and so I think the U.K. could do a lot more. I think the U.S. could do a lot more. Well, the U.S. could do. I don't think the U.S. could do a lot more. I think the U.S. could do something because um, it's pretty close to zero right now. But yeah, you know, I think it's important for society to take care of mothers and fathers and because it's, it's a really hard process. And especially with, when you have two parents working or you're a single parent that has to work, like going back to that equation of time, like it is just, it's so hard. It's so hard. And I had no, I had no recollection, no recollection, no estimation of how expensive children are. You know, nappies are very expensive and daycare is very expensive and nannies are very expensive. And, you know, in America, healthcare is very expensive. Each of my kids costs around $200 a month in healthcare, not to mention, you know, when you go to the doctor or the emergency room, you have to pay on top of that. I have a pretty good healthcare plan for to shock your UK listeners. Mm. When I take my kids to the emergency room, which I fortunately only had to do twice, and they were fine, uh, it's $300 a visit. So, wow. you know, I had the means to pay it. But, you know, if you are a struggling parent, you know, and it costs you $300 to go to the emergency room, of course, you're going to think twice about it, which is just not what you want a young parent to be thinking about. It's just, it's, it's insanity. So I, I guess my overarching opinion is that I think government needs to step up here. Um, I think, you know, the well-heeled companies are filling the void where governments are kind of failing, you know, the big, uh, the big branding companies and the companies that have the economic, ability to do so, um, you know, are stepping up. But, I, you know, I'd like to see a more pan-society effort to uh, support new parents. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that because I think there are some companies that do so much, but there's only so much a firm can do to support. And I think, it, it, imagine if our base layer is coming from the government, it makes such a such a difference. Yeah. Now, and I know at Smarkets, um, you are very, very passionate about having a workforce where culture is number one and diversity and inclusion is, is you know, part of that. Um, and, and obviously I work with Celine um, in, in the UK and she's a you know, massive advocate of that too. With regards to this conversation, maternity and paternity, where does this conversation sit when it comes to diversity and inclusion as a debate within the fintech community? I think, you know, in the startup world, it doesn't affect the startup world as, as much as you might think, just because startups tend to skew younger. Um, generally, people that have children want to work at bigger, more established companies to have, a, you know, a, at mm. least a perceived notion of more fiscal security. 
Um, so when we, I think for the first six, seven years of the company, we had no people with children, or if we did, we, it would have been like one or two. Mm. Um, so it kind of, it doesn't really come up. I mean, it started coming up as the company matured and as, as our employees got uh, a little bit older. I don't know how many children we have now, but I would say we're 120 people. I would say if I had to guess, we're 15 children in the company, mm -hmm. something like that. So um, diversity from a paternity maternity perspective is not as topical as you might guess for, for startups just because of the younger uh, skewing. But I think, uh, you know, as I matured and as our business matured, I realized the importance of, of having, a, you know, we had a, a, a very uh, good policy before um, I had children because I, I realized as I matured as a leader that it was really important to be able to support mothers and fathers because it's oh. such a it's an important part of society and, and governments in my opinion weren't doing enough to do that base layer like like you said so um, it, it was sort of an evolution that I, I kind of came to but um, but uh, but yeah it's it's not as much of the conversation as as you might uh, expect or, or hope it to be well it's great that you can talk about it so go on i'll give you a chance to sh show off some of the policies that you do have because i really want us to to shake the market i think we have 16 weeks i mean i haven't looked since i i haven't had my child in 18 months but uh, i think it's 16 weeks so it's 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 pretty it's you know it's pretty generous um i think I'm curious to see if that ends up going longer, you know, as society becomes more involved on this issue. Mm -hmm. um, in America in general, like the, the good companies, quote unquote, good companies, it's more closer to a month, but we wanted to do um, several months so that people, you know, had more time to adjust to it. We allow, we allow mothers and fathers, if they're the primary caretaker to take up to a year off to come back to their job and, and same pay and everything. Wow. Um, so we, yeah, we try to have a very aggressive policy to, uh, to set a good example, to do right by our employees and, and to be good stewards of, um, of, you know, to do our part basically to, to support uh, society. But, you know, we're a small company and, you know, uh, this policy has affected, you know, seven, eight, nine people. So it's still pretty small, but I would, I would, I would encourage other companies to try to either push government to do it or to push their founders or CEOs to, to have more aggressive policies for paternity and, and maternity because it's really important. Mm. And I think that's a really nice sentiment to, to end the, the conversation on because what, one thing that really stands out for me is that uh, a number of years ago, there weren't any mothers and fathers, but the people that you are retaining as excellent members of staff are naturally going to become mothers and fathers over the years. And for mm. you to be able to um, be agile and adapt to the situ different situations of changing situations and the transitions that your people go through i think it says so much uh, for you as a ceo and for you as a business and it's definitely something that i want other people within fintech in particular to be taking uh taking responsibility for so i've got to say yeah. thank you so much for your honesty and your openness i know this is a very personal story it's your your paternity story and why you started your business and what you do for your staff so i really appreciate you sharing that with us today thank you yeah absolutely and and thanks for having this podcast i think it's great to talk about in a in this forum great and thank you to everyone listening